What's up, Cardboard Nation? Welcome to another episode of Go GTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Thank you for joining us this evening. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me, as always, that guy over there tweeting away, Ivan Lovegren. Man, we have got an absolutely jam-packed show tonight. Happy NFL kickoff day. Uh, so we've got a Q of the Week poll we'll get to in a minute. We've got a special guest, Ezra Levine, CEO of Collectible App, on the day of their uh, first fractional share offering. We've got some unique stories and hobby happenings. We've got box break highlights from the all-new OPG. We have a couple media spotlights. Man, the hobby is just everywhere, it seems. We've got a good old-fashioned panini break-a-palooza pl- pan. <laughs> planned excuse me and uh hot in the shop a look ahead at next week's new releases some programming notes to share with you and a whole lot more on this episode ivan how you doing brother i'm doing great um i I also think that you buried a small lead there which is wow we had an incredible off off day break i I buried it for a reason i buried it for a reason so just like when you say another another run of the mill, like break a palooza, we've had such incredible luck lately. And believe me, it is luck because we've gone through very dry spells. So you want to stick around through the interviews today, through the breaks today. It's going to be awesome today with our luck. As no doubt. Um, as you can see, for those who may have tuned in, uh, I'm wearing this shirt again. I may never take it off. I, well, oh, let, let me rephrase that. I may wear it every show. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, no, don't take it off between shows, Rob. We need you to keep wearing this shirt. So, um, but let's kick things off no with our Go GTS. Someone send him a spritz, spritz bottle, please. Our Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll. And it, I'm Amazoning you some baby. It relates to our guest. Uh, So we've been talking in hobby happenings over the last, wow, it seems several months now. Uh, The concept of fractional share investing in high end sports cards and collectibles. So our question, quite simply, is would you consider fractional share investing in high end sports cards and memorabilia? Four simple choices one, yes, two, no, three, What's this now? And four, maybe. Um, our guest, Ezra Levine, is the CEO of Collectible App, and he's going to fill us all in on fractional share investing and the company's first IPO today, which was a Gem Mint 10 1953 Mickey Mantle card, where shares were costing just $25. But let's look at the poll itself. Uh, 60% out of 120 23 people so far voting no, 28.5 voting yes. What's this now at 6.5, maybe 4.9 with a please reply and some very, very uh, astute replies. And I'd like to share some with you. There there definitely are. But real yeah. quick, Rob, I got to say, first off, where are y'all at? This is such a hot <laughs> topic. And I think this is our least voted on poll in a long time. So if you are watching right yeah. now. And you have not yet voted in this poll, please go to twitter.com slash go GTS live. It is the pinned tweet. It's so easy. And as we always say, you have to go there anyways, because you have to make sure you're following us. Cause when we do the giveaways, it's through Twitter. So you want to follow us on Twitter anyways, 
If you have the Go GTS Live app, you can do it in there. But 123 votes, please. You don't get anything extra, but just because you love us, retweet this. Let's get some more opinion before the end of this show, because I'm a little stunned that only that many people responded. Um, we want to get a large cross-section of the audience. Um, I want to see that hit 200 by the end of the show, and I know we can't. Oh, easily. I'd like I'd like can't. to see it more than double and get close to three. Um all right, so Christopher Brown says it would largely depend on the players involved and what sets the cards and memorabilia come from before I would consider laying down a single dollar to invest in something like that, unless I had a realistic chance of buying it outright sometime down the road. Uh, fair enough. Someone else said, absolutely, I've been on Rally Road for a while now. Someone else said, been an investor for a few years now, averaging 28% return so far this year. Tom Willis Someone no, else I said, saw this Simpsons no, episode. I saw the Simpsons episode. <laughs> but one of the most insightful responses, someone who's obviously an educated investor, and this this type of person is going to be important for these types of companies. And he had, I would, his comments were, I'd need to read through the prospectus more. Biggest concern is the uh, going concern concept. What is the bankruptcy remote protection slash backup server policies if collectible or other you know, companies were to go bust? How does the company pay for the security of the card for X number of years? Also, I'd want to know how much in fees, expenses, management fees, etc., is being rolled into the offering price. And you know what, Chris? Very insightful. We're going to share these specific questions and comments with Ezra when he joins us uh, in a few minutes, and I'm sure he'll be more. Ooh, yeah. can I can I save a little of Ezra's time though? Because there is one that I can actually go for answer, it, and it is something I appreciate about this. So the the addendum, I'd want to know how much is being rolled into the offering price. Well, that's what's really cool about these, at least, is that basically you can see that. Like there's twenty five. It's twenty five dollars a share times a hundred thousand shares. Forty thousand. So you can shares. do the math and say. 40,000. Yeah. It's a market valuation of a million on this initial IPO. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, wasn't it 2.5? That's the market cap. Million? That's the expected. Someday they think that card's going to be worth that much money. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So so basically, though, the, the fact of the matter is you can see what they're valuing it at. Basically, you can see what the cost is pretty easily because it's just there's one price per share and... These are how many shares. So they roll all of that into the offering price. So really it's comparing, well, the card in my estimation is worth just, it's not this card, but just saying out loud, my my estimation it's worth 800,000 and they're charging a million for it. Well, there's your fees and all of that. Um, now there is the, the side. Well, of actually, Ivan, the collectible actually replied directly to Chris with an answer to that question. And their reply was collectible has a highly transparent fee structure. Our take uh, uh, rate is roughly five to 7% per successful offering, meaning once it's fully funded. And we take it in a combination of equity and cash. Equity is to align our interest with those of our users. Obviously equity in the Correct. card. So a certain number of the, the card shares are combined in that. Um, but yeah, but I was saying just at the very surface level, it's pretty easy to do that. Um, you know, and they also replied, we do not take a management fee and do not take a percentage of profits. All fees are fully baked into offering price per share, which I think is pretty also transparent on the website uh, or on the app. And um, yeah, 
But I just I find that that is interesting because at least that allows you to make the decision. There aren't hidden fees. And there's also um, there is the understanding of I've seen it with some other cards where, well, that's kind of a high valuation for the exact card. But just in general, that's usually the price of buying a piece of something. If you're buying a piece of something, you're paying a premium versus if you just bought the entire thing. All right. You know, it's similar to if I bought a case of top loaders, I would pay less than if I were buying individual top loaders shipped, you know, in a bubble mailer. Right. So I've actually been surprised that with a few other companies that I've seen, I've been surprised that the markup of sorts is actually pretty low if you compare it to you know, the public companies that are trading at 20 times their their revenue or 70 times their revenue in some cases, um, you know, so just something to keep in mind. So and to give you guys an idea, you know, Ivan and I both decided to dip our toe in the water. Uh, here is a screen grab of my purchase today. I purchased four shares of and we'll give you the specifics. Here's the deal. It's a 1953 Topps PSA Gem Mint 10 Mickey Mantle. Shares were going for $25 a share. They're going to sell 40,000 shares. So that's a market cap of a million dollars. Based on current valuations of comps in the market, they believe that at some point in time, that card's going to be worth $2.5 million. So if Ivan and I wait long enough theoretically if that card reaches 2.5 million dollars we're gonna be able to sell those shares for 250 dollars however these initial shares will eventually be able to be traded and that's where ezra is gonna be a big help explaining how that whole process will work i find this very interesting and i just i didn't want to talk about it anymore as like an outsider i wanted to go ahead and when we talk about this with you guys i wanted to to have some skin in the game you know because i'm not saying this is the end all be all i mean this is as new to me as it is to everybody else so you know what i mean ivan i i was just excited that i could say that I own, <laughs> and i took a i posted on twitter i posted a screenshot of the piece of the card that i own um <laughs> it's it's literally this this much of it but but it's pretty cool to be able to say look i own that much of a 1953 Mickey Mantle tops in a PSA 10 without it being cut for me to own that. Well, let's actually bring in our guest, Ezra oh, Levine. Collectible app. Ivan over there. We each purchased four shares of your initial public offering. So, so we're all in and rooting for you, man. Well, look, it's been an unbelievable day for us. Uh, it's been a really exciting night for, for the hobby. And, and, you know, look, we're excited that, you know, over 160 sports fans, collectors, investors have a chance to own a 1953 Topps uh, Mickey Mantle PSA Gem Mint 10. It's really an amazing accomplishment for the entire industry. And on that, on that quick point, I just want to give a quick shout out to my entire team. Uh, everybody top down has you know, really done an unbelievable job getting our product ready to go today. Uh, it is no small feat to go live with such a bang today. Uh, one quick fact about Collectible today, which I just heard, 
We broke the sports fractional IPO record today by over a hundred thousand dollars. Today was a smashing, a smashing success. I think it it really lends credence to the fact that there's a lot of demand and a lot of excitement over fractional ownership, and we're excited to be here. When we were talking about this leading up to things, because it relates to, we, we had a poll today. We have a poll every week, and we wanted to get some take from our audience on their level of interest or knowledge if this is something they'd ever uh, participate in. And we'll update the poll later. But as we were talking about things, we we're we we're throwing out some numbers, and I wanted to make sure that I explained this correctly. So correct me if I'm wrong, Ezra, but... So shares were $25 a share. Uh, there was 40,000 shares available, which makes it a market cap of a million dollars. And then on that page, you guys listed, I forget exactly what you called, but basically what the way I interpret it is, you eventually see that card being worth $2.5 million. Did I get all that right? That, that's that's correct, right? So we're offering the uh, total mantle card for 2.5 million today. We're only offering a million dollars of it. Uh, you know, that's 40,000 shares at 25 bucks a pop. But again, you know, I think I think the major thing to focus on here is that we've done something which is pretty incredible in the hobby, right? That we are allowing sports fans of every income bracket all across the country to be able to own stuff that previously was completely out of price range, completely un, unattainable for the masses. And we're, we're stoked to have done it. We're stoked that uh, our launch went off without a hitch. And again, you know, we are not just a one hit wonder. We've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. And so we're excited that today was a really strong opener, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the start for us. It's not the end all be all. You bought the Mike Trout red, didn't you? I wish I did. Believe me. All right. All right. <laughs> Ivan, I know you got a ton of questions. Yeah. I mean, I've got about 72 questions and time for three, <laughs> I think. Um, so just to, I'm here, Ivan. sorry to, uh, to pound it home, but so the card today is valued at 2.5. Oh, 1 million of that is being offered to collectors or investors. Um, the other 60% of the value is that stake being held by collectible. Are there, you know, investors in collectible previously or like, where is that other 60% of the stake being held? The balance of the card is being held with the asset sellers. Uh, the asset sellers are, uh, one is a former NFL pro bowler and one is a longtime well-known dealer in the space. But again, you know, it's, it's incredibly exciting that we've been able to get 165 sports fans, collectors who would never otherwise be able to own this a chance to, you know, say like you, you guys have tonight, right? You guys own a fraction, a piece, a bit of equity in a 1953 Mickey Mantle PSA Gen 10. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to say. So, so that was then the second thing in that question that I was wondering was, um, you know, does collectible actually go out and buy cards or are you, I mean, essentially, could we market you in a sense as a high, high, high end consigner? Completely correct. Completely correct. And look, you know, we, we, we offer a lot of interesting seller propositions. 
We are the only company in this space who allows sellers to retain some equity interest in the offering. You know, we've all had that experience where we had to sell something because we wanted to trade up or we wanted to trade out or we needed money for whatever personal reasons, only to see the items that we sold go up in value, right? So here's, uh, we're offering the ability to have a lot of seller flexibility. You don't have to sell all of it at once. You can retain equity in the offering. We think we're bringing a really strong amount of innovation to the hobby. And really, really what we're doing is we're really applying uh, traditional financial market principles to the memorabilia and sports card industry. All right. So let's, let's break it down into some practical terms here. Because I, I, I'm curious then how, you know, us as investors will eventually make money. So here's a scenario. A PSA set registry collector has every card in the 1953 set in a 10 except the Mickey Mantle. He sees this and goes, oh, my gosh. He calls collectible and goes, I'll give you $4 million for that card right now. What happens? A completely plausible scenario that could definitely happen. We uh, have the right to evaluate any attractive offer for shareholders. If an attractive offer comes in, uh, we will take the sentiment of shareholders. And if more people want to sell the card at that valuation, it'll get passed up to our advisory committee. And if the advisory committee signs off on it, then uh, that's a, a sale. And we will take all the profits from the price at which you acquired it to the price at which we're selling it, right? And we will pass that along back to shareholders, back to, to sports fans who own the card, pro rata to your ownership position. What if, as a caveat to that, what if one single investor owns 51% of the shares? Do they get the deciding vote on whether that, that offer is accepted? would right so you know that is something that we have that we take very seriously we you know are trying to be as transparent of a company as possible we think integrity and transparency is everything here right i i saw a recent tweet which was a bit eye-opening uh where it asked you know out of the three out of three industries which one do you trust the most right and it was fantasy sports sports gambling sports memorabilia and trading cards by a landslide memorabilia and trading cards was a distant third. Third, right? distant. Yep, we talked a, about that on the a show. Distant third, right? So mm-hmm. if people have a lot more inherent trust in sports gambling than they do in the hobby, that's a problem, <laughs> right? So what what we're doing is we're being radically transparent. We're being radically transparent with our fee structure, with our ownership structure. And, you know, look, we will entertain that option only in a scenario where it allows us to bring truly one-of-a-kind, incredible items to the average collector, the average hobbyist, the average sports fan who really would never otherwise have access to it. So it's a a bit of a minor trade-off, but we're willing to make it because we think uh, the items that we're able to get our hands on as a result of that increased flexibility will allow us to offer the best pipeline you could possibly imagine for fractional owners. Yeah, and I do think in in support of that, uh, yeah, go ahead, it's your interview, but I love what I'm seeing in the chat on Twitch from users that have already gone through the SEC filings. You are filing with the SEC, which means this is a regulated 
space. This is not, it's not eBay. eBay is non-regulated. Um, a, a lot of the things that we see out there are not regulated. You know, we talk all day long on this show about comps on eBay not being trustworthy and setting false market values and things because of returns. And this is regulated. Ownership levels are transparent. All the information is out there, but you're here to digest it, make it digestible for us, right? That's spot on, right? You know, one thing that we've seen, unfortunately, is that, you know, there's an inherent lack of trust in the memorabilia category at large. And a lot of it I think is just, you know, that the quality of the data is just not that high and it's just not that reliable. The beauty of our platform is it is SEC registered. Uh, we've been approved by SEC and FINRA to do what we're doing. You can see everything about our business model, our fee structures are completely transparent. Again, you know, I think for, for this hobby to really grow as much as it has and to take that next step forward, which all of us here, I think, realize the potential of it. But in order for us to realize that potential, we have to do a significantly better job on transparency, on integrity, on authenticity. Uh, we have to get rid of a lot of the bad actors in this space. We got to get rid of a lot of the forgeries in this space. And we think our company collectible is really primed to do just that. I love hearing that. You know, we have some pretty um, educated people in our audience. And when we uh, put out this poll question this uh, morning on Twitter. Um, one person who actually you guys replied to in a little bit of a manner, but because we talked about it with our audience, uh, wanted to get some feedback from this comment. They had voted maybe to the question of, would you consider fractional share investing? And uh, the comment was, I need to read through this prospectus more. My biggest concern is the going concern concept. What is the bankruptcy remote protection slash backup server policies if collectible were to go bankrupt in the future? How does the company pay for the security of the card for X number of years? What's my level of protection if you go out of business? A great question, right? And if I were a shareholder, especially in a new company like ours, I would be asking very similar questions. So that's a really strong, intelligent question, uh, you know, from from, from that follower, right? Um, here's the beauty of it, right? The beauty of it is that if collectible, the parent company goes bankrupt, it has no effect whatsoever on your interest in the memorabilia item. It's a whole separate structure. Uh, you you are truly, truly an equity owner in that particular memorabilia item. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really intelligent question. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those are the kinds, you know, when you have people going maybe, but you can deliver an answer like that, that's where you're going to grow your base, right? I'll, I'll say this. The, the fractional ownership structure is complicated. It is not easy to do what companies in the fractional space are doing. We're effectively... Uh, IPOing companies every single offering we make, right? There's a lot of legal work that goes into it, a lot of securities work that goes into it, but you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool structure. It's a really cool structure. Our job is to educate the market on the benefits of it, right? If I were someone who's been in this hobby for a very long time, it's radically different. And I think one thing that we want to completely stress, and this is a really a really important point, right? is, you know, we're trying to grow this hobby together, right? We're not trying to be a substitute for physically collecting items, right? Like, sure. I, we, lo we, we love having things in our man cave. We love touching and feeling it. We <laughs> love seeing it. 
right? You can see but, it right you know, there the, behind you. Exactly. But you know, the, the, the problem and the, and, the, and the dirty secret of this industry is that the best investment opportunities are in the upper bracket. But the upper bracket is not affordable or attainable for the average collector, for the average sports fan, right? So it's just a different way to provide access to opportunities people just wouldn't have otherwise. So we're, we're, we're not trying to step on toes. We're trying to grow the pie together. We're trying to grow the industry together. And we're trying to provide a complement, a different way for people to really reach the upper end of the band in a way where, you know, we feel like because of the authenticity, because of the checks and balances items go through before they reach our platform, that that alone will have a big effect positively for authenticity, for trust, for integrity in this industry, which is so important. Absolutely. So with all of that work that goes in, which obviously has costs, um, I'm, I'm just curious when you talk about like the, the items that that can fit your platform is there a threshold where you say well it has to be over this dollar amount for it to fit our platform or are you looking at really expanding and making that threshold relatively low once the system is in place there there are costs to this and again you know the costs are what the costs are uh to make it you know filled with integrity to ensure authenticity, uh, to make it regulated, right? So there are definite costs to our business. And obviously it's a business, all of us have to you know, earn some kind of living from this as well, right? So yes, the cost to bring this to the market, to ensure authenticity, uh, to ensure that, that the items are maintained and stored and that shareholders are protected, are passed along to each individual consumer. But here, here's the beauty of it, right? The price that you see on the Mickey Mantle card, $25 per share, all of your fees are included in that price, right? So there are, there are no surprise fees at the end. Uh, and so we're, you know, look, you know, fees, fees are part of the industry, uh, you know, on, on this Mickey Mantle card, right? Um, you know, our fees are significantly lower than if it were to trade at an auction, right? You'd be paying probably 3x what you're paying in fees for us if you were to buy this card outright with an auction house. So we, we stand by our fee structure, we stand by our transparency, and it is what it is, but I think it's a, it's a small price to pay to at least have confidence uh, that the items are legit. I was honestly blown away when I went through the checkout process that there was this four times 25 equals 100 and I'm out the door. I thought for sure it was going to be subtotal this, line item this, you know, and it was going to come to, you know, 147. And for the sheer sake of doing this interview, I, I was ready to do it. I'm really happy I didn't have to. I'm really happy. I think that's that's the kind of, like you said, transparency is needed. You mentioned storage. Now, I'm really hoping that card's not on the shelf behind you there. It is, it is not. I can okay. assure you it, it is kept in a best-in-class bank-style vault. It is protected. Uh, we have a duty to our, to our shareholders to maintain it, to protect it, uh, preserve it. It's been perfectly preserved since 1953, right? Unbelievable. So it is. It is a massive responsibility for us to make sure that nothing happens to it. So I can assure you that part of the fee structure you're paying for is to make sure that, that card is maintained as perfectly uh, going forward as it has been since 1953. Now, is your background in some sort of finance or, I mean, 
obviously, you know, as the CEO, you had to have an idea and then get some smart people behind you to make it all happen. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Hey, this, this, this really is a good opportunity to give a little bit of a hat tip uh, to the people who really launched our, our company actually back in 2014. Uh, it was co-founded by a gentleman named Jason Epstein, who's currently our chairman, and David Yokin. Uh, we actually operated the number one. I met one. David Yokin at the national one year. Oh, fantastic. He's a, he's a great guy. So we operated the number one sports data auction aggregator in the market from 2014 uh, through 2018. When we saw the fractional opportunity, Jason Epstein uh, led the company through that transition. He was the one who settled on fractionalization, and he went out to secure a new management team and a new CEO for the business. I was just lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. I happened to meet Jason. Uh, we, you know, and uh, he offered me the job. And it's been honestly, it's been a really, a really exciting journey. You know, you, you asked about my my background personally. I did work on Wall Street for about ten years. Uh, I, I was at a hedge fund in in New York City, and I was analyzing both private and public companies uh, in consumer, sports, media, tech landscapes. So, you know, I had, I had the ability to marry my love of sports my love of the financial markets, uh, my love of analyzing businesses and operating businesses. And so this was the perfect opportunity at the right time. But, you know, again, I give a lot of credit to uh, both Jason Epstein, to Davey Yokin, and truly my entire team is a rock star team. I'm proud to be able to sit here and, and talk about our company. Um, and so we're, again, we're tremendously excited about the opportunity. We're tremendously excited about uh, the ability for sports fans and collectors and investors everywhere to be able to own some of the best items in history. So uh, go ahead. Well, sorry, I, I did. Um, I wanted to reset the question I asked uh, just a minute ago because I think you might have heard it wrong, mainly because so many people ask about the fees. I was actually a little more curious. Is there a threshold where like a $40,000 card doesn't make sense to collectible or a $200,000 card? Um, like what can we expect in the future with what it is that you're looking at in the sports market? Our goal is to keep fees as low as possible, right? Mm -hmm. There are, there are fixed fees to our business. You know, we have legal fixed fees, we have broker dealer fixed fees. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you take items that don't meet a certain threshold, the economics of the fee structures should just look a lot less attractive, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the hurdle rate is generally speaking, 20 to $25,000. We project that the average uh, asset value on our platform will come out roughly, you know, around sixty thousand dollars. But you know, look, uh, what I can tell you is that we have incredible, incredible stuff coming down the pipeline—stuff that is worth a hell of a lot more than than sixty grand. But you know, I, I think I think the, the the main thing that I just want to continue to stress tonight is we're incredibly pumped. We're incredibly pumped because for the first time in history, sports fans and collectors of all incomes can own some of the best stuff in sports. And I think that's really what's to be celebrated tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, Ezra, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us this evening. We've kept you for a good Thank long you. 20 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on the IPO. Appreciate it so much. As a as a shareholder now, I, I do have the right to contact you at any point to ask any questions, correct? Rob, okay. you, <laughs> you can contact me at any time, any hour, any day. I, I am here for you. 
All right. I think it just well, means that you have to disclose in anything that you write now, Rob, that you're. Yes. Yes. That I'm <laughs> exactly, yes. exactly. 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 It's a good point. Yeah. Well, listen, point, we are certainly going to keep an, an eye on this. I'm excited for the company's future and the mm -hmm. idea of fractional investing because it does put things within reach of people who couldn't afford it otherwise. And I have a sneaking suspicion that we will be talking again right here on a future episode of GoGTS Live to talk more about the collectible app and the fractional share market. All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate have yeah, have a great there. evening. My best to your team. Take care. Ezra Levine, CEO of Collectible App. So there you go, guys. I mean, it, it's it's not rocket science. It's a little bit, you know, tricky maybe to wrap your hands around at the beginning. But when you when you when you get right down to it, it's pretty easy to understand. And um, I think this is something that we're going to see growing. There's obviously, you know, we talked about Rally Road, and I know there's another company, but. What's interesting about Collectible App is they're the only ones solely focused on the sports card and memorabilia market. So mm -hmm. that's that's the key differentiator between the companies. It's something that we didn't specifically well, ask Ezra, but I know it to be a fact. So, And I will say for now, who knows what else they'll come up with to differentiate, yep. though. Um, because I know that they've pivoted a lot. Uh, you know, when we first met them, they actually they weren't doing they were a different type mm -hmm. of app, right? This is the 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 app that was originally an auction sort of review app that aggregated them all. Um, but I'll tell you what, collectible app on Twitter. You know, we talk about Twitter a lot on here. There's a lot of uh, social media channels out there. If you're a collectible collector on Twitter, collectible app, their Twitter handle is actually really active. You saw earlier that they jumped in our poll and answered some of your questions right there. So if you have more questions, um, don't hesitate to reach out to the app. You know, be respectful, of course. Uh, we all can get salty on social media. Um, I'm guilty of it as well. But it's very cool to see that they're also not shying away from as much transparency as possible. Uh, I actually really respected what he said about their hurdle rate. What companies out there throwing their hurdle rate on, on an interview on their opening I don't day? even know what that means. You know, basically what they have to hit for it to be worthwhile to them you know Got so it's it. like you know here, here's our here's okay. our point that's you know that that means quite a bit as far as transparency goes so i think that's pretty cool um i didn't get to ask the one question i wanted to which it's a bit of an ivan question but it's and that's why i cut it short because i knew you were going to get ivany no i'm just well, kidding let me, bro. let me let me throw it out no I, it's fair but so here's Here's the thing. Do you understand blockchain? Ron? To a degree, for Me the neither. most part, Me I neither. think I do. Me neither. <laughs> um, what I do get from it. So here was my thought on this. Remember, I, I shared that little snapshot on my Twitter, watch the breaks, uh, earlier today of what I thought I owned of the card. What if you actually did get a piece of the card, a digital piece of the card, sort of like as a memento or something along with it, a blockchain protected digital piece of the card. Would somebody that bought, we had somebody in our chat that said they bought 50 shares. Well, what if they got the, like the full, the full Yankees logo? Would that be worth more as a share than me with oh, my little geez. snippet on the edge? Wow. Now we're talking if patch and swatches, right? Blockchain protected <laughs> that the card is divided up. 
evenly based on shares. But once you own that piece, you always own that. Think about Interesting. that. I think you and Ezra are probably going to have a future conversation. <laughs> we'll bring it up next time. Next time he's on the on the line, we'll get him on the line five minutes early so I can okay. ask that. All right, we've got some other uh, topics to discuss. Some uh, newsworthy happenings uh, in our hobby happening segment. So let's dive right into that, shall we? Absolutely. So, hey, Ivan, do you remember this guy, comedian Scott Rogowski? the former host of the HQ trivia app. I miss well, him. He's a collector himself. And Scott was actually the subject of several iterations of his own baseball cards in 2018 tops, Allen and Ginter. And he was actually even an autograph guest of tops at that year's national, where you can see in this picture that he hooked up with our friend Brody uh, and gave an interview to Brody, which was very cool. Well, now Scott is teamed up once again with Tops for a special offering from Homage. Dubbed Wax Pack Wednesday, which started yesterday, Homage will be producing a limited edition run of T-shirts featuring iconic Tops rookie cards. Scott has some more details in this video. Hello, Internet, specifically baseball Internet, even more specifically baseball card collecting slash t-shirt wearing internet. Scott Rogowski here. And if you're a baseball card lover, baseball lover, baseball card collector, t-shirt lover, t-shirt collector, t-shirt wearer like myself, then you're going to like Wax Pack Wednesdays, an exclusive new collaboration between iconic baseball card company Tops and iconic t-shirt company Homage. Starting Wednesday, September 9th, we're introducing Wax Pack Wednesdays, exclusive limited edition Triple licensed t-shirts are dropping on the Homage website, homage.com slash tops, inspired by iconic Topps baseball cards, rookie cards of some of your favorite players, some of the best players to have ever played the game, Hall of Famers included. So check it out, September 9th, and for many weeks afterwards, weekly limited edition drops, homage.com slash tops. Get on board with our cardboard-inspired designs. Let's play ball, baby! Pretty cool, right? All right, but what I want to know is will we be able to get a limited edition error variant with no name on front of this T-shirt? That's the real question. Write it in with a Sharpie. <laughs> Here's something from Tops that I know my co-host Rob Bertrand is going to yep. love. Tops and the Iron Man Cal Ripken have teamed up to produce their latest curated X set in celebration of the 25th anniversary of the streak. My question is, how many days would it have to be to equal the streak? The 50-card set focus uh, focuses on several themes and includes parallels serial number to 50, 31, 21, 8, and 1. And if you know the reason for those parallel numbers, you get yep. a cookie. 
Autographs are randomly inserted as well, and the entire set costs $25 with free shipping from the Topps website. However, if you want to be guaranteed of an on-card autograph, a collector's edition is also available with a price tag of $125, $125. I ordered mine already. Collector's edition? No, I'm too cheap. Full disclosure. Well, toilet paper wasn't the only item in short supply during the pandemic. As most of you are certainly well aware, there have been severe shortages of several key trading card supplies in recent months. Well, one of the hardest to locate items has been semi-rigid holders for grading submission like these or the infamous card savers. Well, because of these shortages, PSA is temporarily allowing cards to be submitted in top loaders as long as they are also accompanied by a penny sleeve as well. And I honestly never envisioned a time when this would be an actual topic of conversation. Crazy. Memory Lane is celebrating its 20th anniversary as an auction house with its largest auction in the company's storied history. Sports Collectors Daily reports that none of the hundreds of auctions and private sale events that they've done have ever matched the size of Memory Lane's upcoming summer auction. Wow. The Southern California-based company is celebrating its anniversary with a 390-page, 1,315-lot auction set to open September 19th and runs through October 10th. I know of only two collectors that do that sort of volume, and it's with top singles. <laughs> Congratulations Very excited to, to my see. friend J.P. Cohen over there at Memory Lane, Inc. Quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, it, does, it doesn't say, is that is there a digital version of that uh, brochure that we can get online to save the trees and yet still There walk? will be, I think, I once the so. auction is live. I was trying to find one in advance, couldn't find one. Yeah, so keep an eye on MemoryLaneInc.com. All right. As we've mentioned here on the show over the last few weeks, the Draft Network and Panini America have partnered in a content marketing initiative. This week debuted yet another Panini branded segment heading into week one of the NFL season. Check it out. Our friends in Hobby Media, BenchClear Media, have launched a new weekly video segment titled Power 5 that focuses on five of the most popular sports and hobby-related headlines for the week with the BenchClear Media team's hot takes on each topic. Be sure to check it out on the BenchClear Media channel on YouTube. Great job, guys. And to serve as a bookend to our interview with collectible CEO Ezra Levine, the company announced today that an athlete ambassador partnership with the one and only Emmett Smith. 
In addition to being part of the leadership team, Smith himself will be offering some of his most cherished memorabilia items on the platform. So stay tuned for that. All right, Outlander fans, you tuned in again today, even though we're not ripping your cards. And there's a reason. You want to check this out. Monday, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time, you'll have the opportunity to purchase a box of Outlander Season 4 trading cards from Cryptozoic. And if you do so, you'll receive a limited edition, oversized, uh, 4x6 wardrobe card. Check that out. Three different single versions and this amazing quad piece are available, each going on sale every two hours. The entire package costs $134.99, and the cards are limited to between 99 and 150 copies, so knowing Outlander fans, you'll have to act fast. There will probably be lots of elbows and or botting going on. Let's take a look at all four cards here. And just uh, a quick footnote to that, uh, the quad card that was pictured there is a $199 purchase. So the first three, $134.99. You want this puppy, you're going to have to pony up a little bit more. But absolutely beautiful. I mean, four by six, I wish all, I wish every box of cards had a memorabilia card that was a four by six box topper. That's not a bad yep. idea. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. All right. Man, we've done so much already and we've got so much more. Yep. It's only 645 though. Is it 645 there, Rob? Is it? No, it's 946 <laughs> here, Ivan. No, it's, it's only 645, Rob. You've got plenty of time left. <laughs> So, all right. So let's dive into the first of our live box break segments. But before we get to that, uh oh, what do we have here? We have two unclaimed prizes from last week, including what might have been um, one of the biggest hits the Nick Bosa helmet. What was that? Helmet Auto. Yeah, numbered to 49. What is going on? And then we have the GoGTS Live at GoGTS.net. It's that easy. <laughs> then we have the Gabriel Davis. Uh, this is the lettering off of his back, clearly. Uh, On-card auto, numbered to 25. So two incredible cards. And we haven't even broken a single box yet. And yet I've got one, two, three, four, five in front of me. So, Ivan, I'm sure you jotted those down. I'm going to move these out of the way. I did jot them down. So here's the deal. I mentioned earlier, hey, if you love us, no reward, but just because you love us, can you retweet the pinned tweet with the poll? Well, we're at 194 votes right now. So I am going to, knowing that we have bonus giveaways, that's going to be the tweet that I pull the names for from the bon for the bonus two giveaways. So if you want a chance to win those two cards, go to twitter.com slash go GTS live and retweet our pinned tweet with the poll. Retweet it. Vote. All right. Hockey fans. The second release of the new NHL season is here in the form of OPG hockey due to the 18 packs in this box. I pre broke it earlier today, right after it came off the FedEx truck. 
first and foremost in advertising for the soon to be released later this fall after a few delays chronology hockey volume two loved this product last year should be as good this year okay so highlights from opg leon dreisaitl on the packaging this year so a look at some of the cool subsets. You've got team checklists in addition to a master checklist. Remember, this set has over 600 cards. So Montreal Canadiens, St. Louis Blues, Buffalo Sabres, Carolina Hurricanes. But this is a retro parallel. As beautiful as these cards are, I'm going to echo Ryan SC07, who did say thank you for pre-breaking. Marquee. These are massive yeah, boxes. Yeah, they are. Marquee Great rookies, Alexander Yelson. Marquee rookies, Tyler Benson. Highlights, league, excuse me, league leaders, Anton Kodobin. You want to know why they're in the Western Conference Finals? He's a big reason why. Season highlights, Patrick Kane, 1,000th career point. Ooh, there we go with some marquee rookies. Liam Foudy key rookie for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then you have marquee, marquee legends like Nicholas Lidstrom, Mike Madano, and Grant Fuhrer. So some great subsets to the big set. Several different parallels to look at. We found a handful of blues, including Dominic Cahoon, Pavel Francuz, Oliver Borkstrand, Sebastian Ejo, Thomas Tartar, and Marquee Legends, Blue Parallel, Mike Madano, and Red Border Parallel, still not numbered, Emil Bemstrom. Of course, some retro style inserts. Ryan Graves, Lars Eller, Nick Fagliano, Tavo Teravainen, Sam Bennett, Jack Hughes, Anton Strahlman, Alexander Georgiev, Tyler Bozak, Max Jones for the Anaheim Ducks, Dougie Hamilton, Jake Gardner, for Ivan's Los Angeles Kings, Blake Lizette, Playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, Andre Veselevsky, Nico Heischer, all-star logo there, and Rocco Grimaldi. But the Retro Series also has parallels and marquee rookies. Here's one of Gage Quinney, Gustav Lindstrom, Black Border Parallel, Los Angeles Kings, Alex Ayafalo, but that is serial numbered to just 100, as well as another black border parallel of Timo Meyer, also serial numbered to 100. And then we close it out with some really fun inserts, including the brand new Tall Boys, Nikita Kucherov, it's like a Tampa Bay box because follow that up with Braden Point, 
Blake Wheeler for the Jets. Elias Patterson, last year's Rookie of the Year winner. And then how great are the playing cards this year? I love the gold and black backs. I would love to have an entire deck of these. Brock Bosser, Taylor Hall, Alexander Barkov, and Artemi Panarin. Panarin, excuse me, I should know better. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm gonna send all the inserts and parallels, all the inserts and parallels. So not this whole stack. I'm gonna go through it, pull the inserts and parallels. One lucky winner gets the inserts and parallels. Okay. Do you have a, a good uh, good one to show me or just a picture of the pack or something so I can post yeah. something? Ooh, look at that hit. Connor McDavid foil variant. Actually, it's Leandre Seidel, but it's okay. What? Who doesn't put Connor McDavid on every pack? Got it. Wait, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid? Who's good these days? <laughs> Okay, let me set that over. Whatever happened to that uh, Elias uh, Canucks guy? Elias Canucks? That's right. Um, okay, so while you take care of that tweet, we are going to update the poll question, which was, would you consider fractional share investing in high-end sports cards and memorabilia? And as I hit a quick refresh. You guys are awesome. Ivan said 200. We're almost there. 194 votes with still an hour left. 61.3% say no. 23.7% say yes. Almost 10% still don't know what we're talking about. And 5.7% said maybe with several more additional questions or comment i still don't know what we're talking about either but i still i also think that blockchaining off the pieces of the card and then allowing each piece to have its own intrinsic secondary market value is incredible talk to ezra make it happen and ask for a finder's fee all right um as you know i think as fee. you know That's what they call that there has been i mean the red hot market has caused just a tremendous amount of overwhelmingly positive media publicity. Uh, it seems like it's everywhere in every corner, in every time slot, in every news segment, in every market. There's a new story, it seems, every week. And this week, focus the media spotlight is on a company we've talked about in the past called Just Rip It. Watch this. It's an old hobby, but it has a new twist. It's called card breaking. You don't have to be a sports fan to take part, and you really could make some serious cash. A lot of the traditional sports card stores, just like the ones that maybe you went to back in the day, are starting to stream card breaking events online. Several people buy portions of a card pack, and they get to keep whatever is in that portion, regardless of how much they pay for it. The whole philosophy behind it is a lot of people can't afford to buy the whole pack. We offer a lot of packs from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, which are very expensive. Just Rip It streams these events on Facebook and YouTube, and they say there has been a lot more interest recently with the lack of sports 
and frankly, a lack of sports betting. And for many people, it does bring back just a shot of nostalgia. And opening those packs brings back a good memory for a lot of our customers that are in the 30s, 40s, 50s, some even in the 60s, 60 years old, uh, where they're reliving their youth on a live stream at home and watching great packs, even if you're in the pack or not. It's just fun to see these little time capsules open. Now, some people may pay under $100 for a break, and they say there is a chance that a card could be worth millions. I mean, we sat button off. We have a lot of sound bites that we do when we pull the cards. We make it exciting. But I tell everybody, it's the community and the cards that are there that we thank to make the show exciting and great. Cool. Chris Goodwin. Jeez. Fun show. Uh, time for Hot in the Shop. A look ahead at next week's new releases uh, at your favorite LCS, online retailer, or group breaker. Kicking things off with a transcendent product paying homage to Derek Jeter called affectionately Captain's Collection. Obviously celebrating the modern M- uh, day MLB icon, celebrating Derek's storied 20-year career with the New York Yankees. Boxes are limited to 40. 40 people will be invited to attend a VIP party with the one and only Derek Jeter. What do you get in the case or box case? A 40-card complete set. The captain's career autographs, six of them, numbered to three or less. One 3,000 hits autograph, numbered one of one. Five final season autographed relic cards, numbered to three or less. One autographed patch card, numbered one of one. One autographed Derek Jeter rookie buyback card, numbered to 40. And, of course, that VIP event invitation with special guest Derek Jeter. That should be a blast. Parallels for the 40-card base set include pinstripe number to two and gold one of one. The 3,000-hit autographs feature key milestones uh, that he hit in route to 3,000. Cards will be signed directly on card with a wood frame and encased. The buyback cards, think about them. Buyback rookie cards from Topps 1983, Derek Jeter, repurchased, signed on card, foil stamped, and encased. A lot of fun stuff if you're a Jeter collector. Have fun uh, chasing this through group breakers if it's too much to buy individually. But I know probably there's got to be at least one Jeter fan out there with deep pockets that went all in on this. Pretty cool. Captain's collection. I love it. That said, if you're looking for the next new big thing and not as much into the Hall of Famers, well, much sought after Bowman Chrome Hits both hobby and jumbo configurations up tonight this week on gogts.net. Ooh. Ooh, that's been the complaint I've seen. Where's the checklist? Where's the checklist? Well, it's on gogts.net. How freaking awesome is that? That said, it's uh, it's a product that you probably know. You're probably familiar with it. You know, you're looking for just those base chrome autographs of the hottest prospects and rookies this year. We did see Luis Robert in there. Um, Now, there's a couple of interesting things to look for, like the farm to fame inserts, which are one per hobby case and do come with rare parallel versions. So if they're one per hobby case and there's rare parallel autograph versions, pretty freaking hot. Um, Two autograph cards per box, three autograph cards per jumbo box, 
all the refractor parallels going all the way from refractors that are just numbered to 499 up to super refractors numbered one of one. Arizona Fall League stars insert sets and autograph parallels. Um, and of course, lots and lots of different color parallels per box. So check out the sell sheet and the checklist on gogts.net and start buying those boxes or jumping into group breaks and posting your hits and tagging us. Go GTSPC. Hashtag Go GTSPC. Quick update on the Bowman Chrome checklist uh, announcement. We got, while we were broadcasting, we got an email from uh, Tops Emily Kless saying that there were several subjects left off the prospect autograph list. She sent an updated Whoa. one. I will have that updated for you guys in the morning. There are, looks like a dozen subjects that were accidentally left off. We'll update that in the morning. Uh, I think that's only good yeah. news for people that looked at the initial checklist, right? Uh, <laughs> next up, we have 2019-20 Panini Opulence NBA basketball cards delivering six autograph or memorabilia cards, including one guaranteed booklet card in every box. I love it when you can get a booklet card in every box. That's, I think, so cool. Opulence returns, and it's loaded with a lineup of on-card autographs, booklets, and unique memorabilia cards. Look for rookie patch autographs this year in booklet form. Find parallel versions featuring different levels of prime swatches from the jersey and chase history in the NBA Finals booklet set. Look for prime swatches from the Toronto Raptors' first ever NBA championship in booklet form, along with a variety of parallels. Revamp booklet lineup this year in Opulence, as we've been talking about. Get the theme, booklets. Collect the all-new Game of Inches and All-Star Game booklets, as well as the super rare Rookie Octo Signature booklet featuring autographs from the most collectible stars, the 2019-20 NBA mm. rookie class. You know who they are. There it is. Find USA basketball game-worn material and gold medal jersey autograph sets and much more when this hits store shelves and breakers next week. It's going to be a good one. Well, we talked about Bowman Chrome, which we know is all about the prospects. We've got another classic card uh, set hitting this week from Topps. 2020 Topps Allen and Ginter baseball cards. That's right. This is baseball and eclectic excitement. Each box is going to deliver three hits, but not all hits are autographs. We've got on-card autographs to be sure. We've also got relics, rip cards, original Allen and Ginter buyback cards, book cards, cut signatures, as well as 24 mini parallels and one box loader. Set features world's greatest champions and pop culture icons in addition to baseball players. Um, again, those hits are very eclectic. Check out those mini stained glass variations limited to just 25 framed mini relic cards. So it's a mini card in a frame with a relic inside of it. And wow, Ted Williams relics. Cool. Can't can't say that we see no, those often in, no. in products that you can get sort of the average um, average thing. Have ball will travel token relic card. Little New York sort of nod there. And then framed mini red ink autographs. And this is another one where the checklist is so fun. 
you definitely want to check out the checklist once it's live to see all of the unique pop culture icons that are signing in this product. Can't go wrong with that. Plenty of hobby exclusive parallels as well, such as wood one of one base card minis. Um, very cool. There's also black border minis, no number minis, and glossy one of one minis. Check out the great inserts such as long ball lore. Then, of course, there's an entire tribute set to, devoted to diamonds, barrels, emeralds, amethysts, all those called Digging Deep. Digging Deep. I wonder what the parallels might look like on that. And then Nine Ways to First. That'll be interesting to check Whoa, out. Whoa, that sounds Showcasing tanky. nine different ways a batter can... I can't even figure out... I could probably name three myself. And then box loaders, including autographed box loaders... Or Safari Sites box loaders, which are lo limited to just 500, um, along with N43 box loaders featuring the classic card design with modern day stars. Check this out in hobby shops this week. And our last product is one that might get rescheduled, uh, but as of now, it's tracking 2020 Super Break The Bar Pieces of the Past Hybrid Edition. Yeah, that's a mouthful. It's from Super Break. It's a mashup between the bar and pieces of the past, thus a hybrid edition. You're going to get one to two premium cards in every box, collect relics and autographs from some of the most exciting historical figures over the last 400 years. 20 box case, one pack, 12 cards, excuse me, one to two cards. Uh, look for things like vintage rec relics, certified game used memorabilia, 101 art bars, super foils, presidential vintage documents uh king louis the 14th vintage coat of arms seals uh jeez wow uh the bar art five by seven game use pieces relic and signature pieces uh and much much more really eclectic and unique product in 2020 the bar pieces of the past hybrid edition and that's a look at hot in the shop for next week Woo. All right. This has been an absolute monster of a show, and we have a lot of things to give away. So Ivan's got some work to do mm -hmm. while you're doing that. I'm Ivan, um, pulling you guys are Kleenexes in a sandstorm. You guys are going to be watching another media spotlight segment with friend of the program, John Newman of the Sports Card Nation podcast, who was interviewed for his local uh, TV news. Check this out, and we'll be back to announce tonight's winners. And so these these are when I do shows. These are the boxes that I will put out. If you ever head out to Liverpool, that's where you'll find this man, John Newman, a man that loves sports cards. Some cards you can see here, they even took uh, leather from a glove, and then the player uh, autographed it. And that card collection, it's as long as it is impressive. I'd probably say between... Uh, three or four hundred thousand. And how long have you been married? <laughs> Twenty, uh, twenty-one years. And as unusual as that number sounds when it hits your ears, John, he's just a normal guy. Soon he gets home from work, he unwinds, checks his phone, but then he goes to his other passion, his cards. 
This card here is uh, Mike Trout, arguably the best baseball player in the game right now. And that passion has led to what the kids call these days a side hustle. Every day after work, John marches upstairs, heads to his man cave, and records not one, but two podcasts. Welcome to episode 89 of the Sports Card Nation podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, John Newman. The side venture has become quite successful. There are numerous times you can find John's podcast ranked in the top 15 on the iTunes chart list. This uh, hobby journey. That success is all in thanks to one card he came across as a kid. This was the card. I always point to this card. I've said this on my show. And the card itself is not an expensive card. It's Even though Reggie Jackson isn't bringing Bringing in the Andrew Jacksons, John says his collection is worth over 100K. All right, that does it for episode 89 of the Sports Card Nation podcast. Take care, be well, be safe. We'll see you next Friday. John's got me thinking. Getting rid of old cards is going to get you that kind of cash. I have to dig out my stock. Here it is, my sports youth, the things I lived for as a 12-year-old. Baseball, football, and hockey cards all there for John to look over. And as many find out, just because it has sentimental value doesn't mean it's going to get you rich. I guess not every man's trash is another man's treasure. Not meant in, in, as a term of endearment, it was massively overproduced. I don't have to pay you 10 bucks per card, do I? No, nope, you're safe. I do pro bono work too, so. <laughs> no, I didn't get rich. But that's not why you collect cards in the first place. You do so so you can relive those childhood memories and the friendships you made along the way. Plus, you get to make a few new ones. Reporting from Liverpool, Eric Columbia, Spectrum News. I got to give away and mail out this Saturday, Ivan. Yes, you do. And we've got 25 excited viewers, or lucky viewers. We've got a bunch more excited viewers that are going to win. Um, but before we dive into that, first off, did, did you have something extra to throw into that? Yeah, Opechi, as uh, I was going through uh, it, Opechi pulling giveaway? out the inserts and the parallels, uh, one of the retro cards is actually a blank back. And I can't remember if this was listed on the sell sheet or if this is an Easter egg. So I'm going to throw that in there as well. Well, I do know a quick eBay search uh, from when you saw that five seconds ago shows that they are, um, they're not common, but they are real. It's not just a single one-off error. The blank backs are in the product. Cool. So that's pretty cool. Um, wow, what a show. But hey, did we hit 200 votes More. on the poll? Um, just to update that, the percentages stayed about the Thank same. You, but oh. let's see. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't sway any hearts and minds apparently, but uh, we got that total up to two sixty two. It looks like. Wow! Yeah, so we doubled it. Doubled it. Good job, team. Sixty point seven percent still us. saying negative. That's fine. Interesting thing, uh, you know, you know, I came from the movie industry. I worked there for about a decade before I got into what I'm doing now. And I always thought it was interesting. The things that tried to appeal to everybody usually flopped. And the things that targeted a very certain market usually succeeded pretty well. Look at horror films. They can make a horror film for five million bucks. They don't need 300 million Americans to see no. it. 
You get one million Americans to pay twenty bucks to see it. And yeah, like Saw, the first Saw, unbelievable. That thing made money hand yeah. over fist. All right, bro, it's eleven fifteen over here. Let's do this. Well, I can't. I got to go take care of kids. Like All right. Well, um, thank you. You know what, guys? Just real quick, we had a couple people ask us uh, on Twitter if we were on their Twitch subscriber list. And I will check and get back to those people. But do remember, if you subscribe through Amazon, you have to resubscribe uh-huh. every month. It's not like That forever. is important. It's still free. It's especially important as we do more and more of these yeah, breaks. It's still free. You just have to oh, remember to days. go in and click the resubscribe thingy. Okay. Um, awesome. All right. That does it for another episode of GoGTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. Thank you to Ezra Levine from Collectible App. Thanks to Dave Denholm uh, for all he does for us. Soccer guru extraordinaire. James Gale behind the scene making all those moving parts look absolutely awesome and to my co-host in crime and fun ivan lovegren uh so for everybody here i'm rob bertrand we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of go gts live the hobbies web show with special guest emily kless of tops talking alan and ginter and scheduled the week after that as mentioned brian gray leaf trading cards So stick around for lots more fun every Thursday night with us here at GoGTS Live. In the meantime, you know what to be doing. Always be collecting. Have a good weekend, everybody. And boom.